Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. My name is John, and I'm just, I'm so honored. I'm so grateful to be up here. I'm, I'm thankful for our lead pastors. Come on, if you love your lead pastors, Alex and Dana Sagat, can we go ahead and make some noise? They are seriously some of the most generous, some of the most heartfelt, some of the most just I don't even, I got no words for them. Seriously, they are some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm grateful for them. Thankful that you would give me an opportunity today. And I don't take this lightly. I don't take this opportunity lightly. But I believe God wants to speak to us today. I also want to honor any family member in here that has had somebody that has served in the military, that has somebody that's lost. I personally lost my, my biological grandfather this year who did serve. And I didn't get to be there because he was in another state. But I got to see pictures of the ceremony and, and everything that went down with that. And seriously, it's an honor that we get to be here today. The only reason that we get to come into this place and declare the name of Jesus publicly and the reason we get to not be ashamed of our Bibles and the reason that we get to actually have physical Bibles and not hide them is because of the people that have served our country, because of the people that have actually faithfully said, hey, I'm going to step into that call. And so again, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for today. If you guys have your Bibles on you, if you have a physical copy, will you guys go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 11? If not, if you guys don't have a physical copy or the Bible app, it will be up on the screens behind me. But Luke chapter 11, I'm reading just four quick verses. It's four quick verses, and it reads a little something like this. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord... Don't, don't you know that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Someone say only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Out of these four quick verses, I just want to preach a message that I've titled, Can't You See I'm Busy? Can't you see I'm busy? And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. If there is somebody that texts you while you're listening to this message, I want you to just text them back and say, hey, can't you see I'm busy? If the person next to you tries to talk to you about anything else besides Jesus, anything else besides this message, I want you to turn to them and say, hey, can't you see I'm busy? Because I believe God wants to speak to somebody today. And so if you guys have, can go ahead, go ahead and pray with me as we're going to go ahead and open up right today. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for just the opportunity to come to church this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity that we get to come in here and publicly say, hey, we love you. We want to do this together. We get to meet together, open up our Bibles together. This is something that doesn't get to happen all around the world, but we get to do it here in an amazing country, Lord. God, I'm praying that you just use me, Lord. Use me as a vessel. God, I cannot do this on my own. I absolutely need you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray in all Calvary Church says amen. amen amen come on if you love Jesus can you make some noise real quick have you ever had to learn something the hard way anybody ever have to learn something the hard way 
I've had to learn many things the hard way. One of those is to not make my dad wait, right? So I had kind of a bad habit growing up where my dad would ask me to go ahead and do something. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And so an hour would pass, two hours would pass, three hours would pass, and I wouldn't get it done. And so my dad, he would come into the room and be like, hey, Jay, I asked you to do this. Why, why didn't you get it done? I'm sorry, dad. I'll go ahead and I'll take care of it. End up, I end up doing it later or not doing it at all. But my dad, he kind of had to do this, deal this with this for a few times, right? It wasn't once, it wasn't twice, it wasn't three times, it wasn't four times, it wasn't five times. My dad got to a point where he said, hey, I'm not going to tell him anymore. I'm just going to have to take a new method. So my dad's new method whenever I didn't do something was he was just going to slap me in the back of the neck as hard as he can. <laughs> was it child abuse? Maybe, but I think I turned out okay. And so I remember the first time that he did it, I think my dad asked me to do something like do the dishes. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, dad, I got you. And so I was doing something dumb. I was probably watching TV or playing a video game. And I kept doing what I was doing. And an hour passed, two hours passed, three hours passed. And I obviously did not do the dishes. And all I remember is just this. Ah! I'm like, hey, what was that for? He goes, hey, I asked you to do the dishes and you didn't do it. And I said, hey, but that, that was unnecessary. Like you didn't have to do that. He said, hey. Next time you don't do something that I ask you to do, you know what's going to come next. And so I remember another time, my dad asked me to do something like cut the grass. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. Just let the, let the sun go down a little bit. It's a little hot outside. So the sun goes all the way down. It's like nighttime at this point. And obviously, I did not cut the grass. And again, all I remember is, bah! And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yo, what was that for? And he said, hey, I asked you to cut the grass. And you didn't do it. I think I maybe did it one more time, and I never did that again. Anytime my dad asked me to do something, my response was, yes, sir. I would get up and do it immediately. It was the thing that I prioritized. It became the most important thing in my life. It was my priority. Priorities. As we're going back to normal life, as life seems to be getting back to normal, as things seem to be getting crazy again, as kids are going back to school and maybe getting ready for the summer, as a lot of us are going back into our offices, as traffic seems to be getting heavy again, as social gatherings are starting to happen again, and so we got to go from one event to the next event to the next event, I think there's no better question to ask than what are our priorities? What is the thing that's more important to us? What's the thing that's most important to us? What's the thing that's number one in our life? And so I remember at the beginning or sometime in the midtime of quarantine, I had a lot of transitions happen. I just recently got married. I went ahead and I just graduated with my master's degree. Like a lot of things had happened. And so I was like, hey, it's, it's time to reevaluate my priorities. And so I go ahead and I take some time and I, I sit down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to write down my priorities. And so I go, number one, God first. Perfect. Squared off, all right, number two, I got my family, my wife, like, that's my number two. I love my family. I love my mom, my dad, my brother. Like, I love my sister. I love everybody. They're my family. That's my number two. My number three, oh, my church, ministry, youth ministry, everything that we do here at church, that's my number three. Perfect. Number four, my job. Thank you, God, that I have a job. Thank you, God, that I get to go into work. Thank you that I had a, a job during quarantine. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got my priorities set. They're good. I, why did I even question it? And so I even get some of my students who were actually going into their first year of college. They had been with me since they were in the seventh grade. And I go, hey, I want you guys to do this thing with me. I just did this, and I think it's time that you guys know your priorities before going into college. And so I have them listen. Again, these guys have been with me forever. And so I go ahead and have them list down, hey, I need you to write down what are your priorities. And a lot of them 
God first, family second, church third, school or work fourth and fifth. I'm like, like, yo, I've trained these guys so well. Like they got it. Like they are good. But then I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or if it was a thought that just came to me. I'm like, man, how easy it is to write down some priorities. How easy it is to list down some priorities. How easy it is to say, yep, this is the most important thing into my life. But what does that actually mean? When something is our number one priority, it's the thing that we think about the most. It's the thing that we talk about the most. It's the thing that we will cancel anything for. It's the thing that it's the first thing that we think about when we wake up. It's the last thing we think about before going to sleep. And I'm thinking about this. I'm like, man, if, if this is the criteria for my priorities, where have I settled Jesus in my priorities? Have I settled him for number three? Have I settled him for number four? Have I settled him for number 40? Has Jesus just gone down to the last of my list? I think how many times have I just said, God, can't you see I'm busy? Maybe I'll just, I'll just try to squeeze in some time for you today. If there's something that I've realized is that our time is so important. The way that you spend your time, the way that you use your time, the way that you utilize your time, like everything about your time is important. We all got the same amount of time in a day, but the way that you use it is going to determine the trajectory of your life. How are we using our time today? That's why the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, he says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, he's saying, pay attention to your time. And don't just pay attention to it, but pay attention to how you manage it. How are we using our time today? See, in this passage that we just read, you got two women. You got Mary and you got Martha. They're sisters. They're sisters. See, these women were actually extremely close to Jesus. Like, Jesus absolutely loved this family. This, some scholars believe that Mary and Martha were the women that Jesus was closest to besides his own mother. Like, Jesus loved this family. This is the same Mary and Martha that have a brother named Lazarus. Lazarus gets sick. Lazarus ends up dying. Jesus comes in a second and resurrects Lazarus from the dead. Do you know how they told Jesus that Lazarus was sick? They sent him a letter by just saying this, hey, the one whom you love is sick. No more context than that. Nothing else. That's how close Jesus was to this family. Like Jesus loves this family. And now in Luke chapter 10, Jesus, he's coming to their house. And I can just imagine like, OMG, like, oh my God, oh my Jesus, like he's coming here. Like he's coming to our home. He wants to spend time with us. You got two sisters. You got Mary, you got Martha, both in the same time period, both in the same home, but both use their time completely different. And I want, to, I want to highlight Mary and Martha here because I believe it can really help us today. And first I want to look at Martha. So when Martha comes over, she's probably like, man, we got to prepare everything. Like we got to get the house perfectly clean. We got to make sure that the food is set. Like Jesus comes squatted. Jesus did not just come by himself. He had at least 12 disciples with him. So that means we got 13 plates that we got to feed. That means our house is probably not that big. So we got to make as much space as we can. We got to make sure all the preparations are ready for when Jesus comes. Mary, I'm sorry, Martha. She's going ahead and she's just worrying about all this stuff and anything and everything, right? It says that Jesus gets to the house of Martha, 
Martha opens the door for him and she gets right back to work. Church, I want you to catch this. You can let Jesus in and still miss out on his presence. You can let Jesus in and still miss out on his presence. See, I, I had some friends come down from Phoenix about a month ago, um, and they're amazing. We love them. And so my wife and I, we made it our mission to take them to the best restaurants, to take them to the beach, to take them to the best stores in Miami. Like, we wanted to make sure they, they got the full Miami experience. And so my, my boy Devin, he loves chicken wings. Like, I'm also a chicken wings fan. Chicken wings is probably my favorite food on the entire planet. And so I go, hey, you want good chicken wings? I'm going to take you to the best place in Miami, Sports Grill. Come on, how many of you guys love Sports Grill? That's special grilled wings. My personal favorite is buffalo garlic. I love buffalo garlic wings from Sports Grill. It's the greatest thing on the entire planet. And so I go ahead and I take them and I'm excited. This was a Friday afternoon. We were doing this for lunch. And so again, we sit down and I'm pumped. I'm like, yes, I'm going to get my chicken wings. And so right when the waiter's about to order, I get a phone call. And so it's my boss. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. I'd, I had the day off. My boss, she, she's very intentional about not calling on days off, this and that. But I had, I'd taken the day off, and she's calling me. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and answer. So apparently somebody came into our office the day before, and they told some higher administration some lies, and they started saying some things that didn't happen the day before. And so we actually had to cover our butts, and we had to actually get this clarified. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I start getting frustrated. I start having to go through my phone, start having to go through some records, start having to go through some pictures that I had taken from the day, from the day before. I start having to work. I'm like, oh, my gosh, sorry, guys. I got to step outside a few times because it would get a little bit noisy. My boss called me another two or three times at this table. And see, what happened was I was at this restaurant with my friends, but I was not present with them because I was preoccupied doing things for work. Just because I was physically there did not mean that I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually there. If my attention is on something else, I'm missing out on the presence of the people that I was with. Martha, she lets Jesus in, and immediately she just goes back to doing all the things that she was doing. She was cleaning, she was cooking dinner, probably making some dessert, probably doing her makeup, probably doing everything that she had to do. Instead of taking the time to hang out with Jesus, she was just worried about everything and anything except for the one who she was there for, for Jesus. And I could just imagine Jesus there saying, hey, Martha, why don't you just come hang out? Like, I, I just want to have a conversation with you. Like, I, I just want to hang with you. Like, why, why don't you come? And I could just imagine Martha saying, Jesus, can't you see I'm busy? Like, I'm trying to make this God now asada for you. Like, this is all for you. Like, Jesus, I'm busy right now. I can't go ahead and hang with you. A lot of us, we can allow Jesus in. A lot of us, we can allow Jesus to save us. We can allow Jesus to forgive us of our sins, but yet we're still missing out on his presence. And don't get me wrong, if saving us and dying on a cross was the only thing that Jesus ever did for us, he did more than enough because on that cross, he took our shame, he took our guilt, he took everything so that way we can live in freedom today. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly, life to the fullest. That's not, I didn't just save you to leave you there. He said, I've come to give you grace. I've come to give you love. I've come to give you joy. I've come to give you passion. I've come to give you peace. But yet a lot of us are just saying, can't you see I'm busy? God, can't you see that I'm working two jobs right now? God, can't you see that I'm, I'm starting to take summer classes. Like, I don't have time right now. Jesus, can't you see? I got to take my kids to karate, ballet, basketball, football. I got to take my kids to cheerleading. They got a 15s, a 15s on a Saturday. Like, God, I have to take my kids everywhere. 
like, Jesus, I'm a teenager. Why do I have to read my Bible right now? I'd rather be on TikTok and watch every single message that my friend has sent me. Like, God, I don't have time right now. Can't you see I'm busy? And Jesus is just saying, hey, I just want you. I just want you. I just want your attention. I just want to be your priority. Here's the thing. I think a lot of us are just living distracted. But the thing is, distraction creates distance. Distraction creates distance. In verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Have we gotten too distracted? Have we gotten distracted to the point where we've just lost our passion? Have we gotten distracted to the point where we've lost our first love? Where we've lost our first priority? But Jesus, I'm even serving on team. Like, don't you know that I do this for you? I come and I come in at seven and I'm here until 10 o'clock at night if I have to. God, I do this for you. I serve for you. I do everything for you. But have we gotten so caught up serving that we forget the one that we are serving? If we're serving more than we're spending alone time with God, then we've lost our focus because distraction creates distance. I remember getting this job when I was a teenager. I had, was maybe 18 years old. I had just started driving. This was one of my first time, one of my first jobs. And so, you know, as a teenager, you're invincible, right? You could do everything and everything. So I'm here, I'm brand new driving, maybe been driving for a month and I'm going ahead and I'm speeding and I'm going fast and I got, I'm texting while driving. I'm trying to change the music. Like I'm doing everything that you should not be doing when you're driving. Well, I just started this job again, maybe like I was, this was maybe week two. And I go ahead and I'm like, oh, I got time to get to work, but I'm doing everything that I need to do. I'm supposed to go on the turnpike north, but because I was distracted, I ended up actually jumping on the turnpike south. And so I'm driving and I see the, the numbers going up. I'm like, Southwest 120th Street, Southwest 152nd Street. I'm supposed to be going the other way. Because I was distracted, it caused me to go the complete opposite direction than I was supposed to be going to. And I got so late to work. Why? Because distraction creates distance. Have we gotten distracted to the point where God just feels so far in your life? Like maybe once he was your first priority, like maybe once he was the thing that you thought about the most, like maybe once he was the thing that you actually took time to spend with, but now it's barely just a thought. I can't feel him. I can't hear him. Our distraction has created distance. See, can I tell you that Jesus was never the one who distanced himself from you, but we are the ones that distance ourselves from Jesus every single time. Notice how Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha. Why? Because he is a God of close proximity. Like he wants to be close to you, but have our distractions created distance from God. If that's you and you're saying, hey, I feel distance right now. I don't even know if God is there for me anymore. I don't even know if he if he's wants me, if he loves me. How can I get back to that place? Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 29 says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jesus, he seems far today. It might take for you to seek him because he's not as far as you think. He might just be closer than you know. Have you tried speaking to him lately? Have you tried taking the time like, God, I just want you to hear my voice or have we just been a little busy? Have we taken the time to say, hey, maybe just maybe, maybe really this is the mouth of God. Maybe this really is the way that God wants to speak to us. And maybe I've allowed him to want to speak to us, but have we just said, I can't right now because I'm busy? 
Have we gone ahead and actually maybe tried putting some worship in our car instead of anything and everything that's probably going to give us anxiety, thing that's probably going to bring us some bad thoughts, or have we just said, I'm busy? God, can't you see I'm busy? But it's in the seeking that we actually see Mary. Martha, remember, she was going ahead and doing all of these things. She was doing everything that she felt like she had to do. But it's Mary that is actually seeking God. What is she doing? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to what he had to say. Let me tell you how crazy this was at this time. See, a woman at this time could not be seen sitting and listening because sitting and listening was the posture of a disciple, of a learner, or of a student. The only people who could be learners, disciples, or students at this time were men. So Mary's saying, hey, I don't care what the culture has to say. I don't care about what it says. I don't care what it tells me. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to receive what you have to say. Not only am I going to do it, I'm going to apply it if I have to, because I don't care what culture says. She didn't let the culture determine how she was going to worship. She didn't let the culture determine what had to be the most important thing in her life. And Calvary Church, set your priorities or your surroundings will set them for you. Set your priorities or the surroundings around you will set them for you every time. If Jesus were to come to your home today, would you have already created a space where he can come and speak to you and you could listen? Or would it be so filled with so many things and you would be so filled with so many tasks that you would say, hey, I, I, right, not right now, Jesus, I need to take care of all of this first. Have we created a space for him at any moment in our life? Or have we allowed the culture around us have we allowed the people around us? Have we allowed the news around us to determine what comes first? See, we're seeing that we're living in a culture that's going to tell you that if you're a follower of Jesus, you automatically hate certain groups of people. We're starting to see cancel cultures canceling Christians. And if we're letting cancel culture become the thing that determines what we worship, then we're letting culture become more important than our God. And I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, it wasn't culture that died on a cross for me. It wasn't culture that skipped. God went ahead and set me free. It wasn't culture that said, hey, I love you unconditionally. See, cancel culture says, if you make a mistake, you're canceled. Jesus says, if you make a mistake, my mercies are made new every single morning. And where sin abounds, grace abounds even more but have we let the culture determine our worship see I believe you know what the what I believe is the biggest difference between Mary and Martha see I believe Mary understood that Jesus wants even your mess Jesus wants even your imperfections Jesus wants even the things that you have not set up accordingly but Martha she's still stuck in this mentality that I have to be perfect before I can come to God I have to do all of these things and I have to strive and I have to grind and I have to serve and I have to become better and I have to become this better person because God won't love me unless I do this God won't love me unless I say this God won't love me unless I'm with these type of people but yet Jesus he just wants you he just wants you. He doesn't want the person that you pretend to be. He doesn't want the person that you think you have to be. He just wants you. That's why I believe Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. But sometimes Jesus becomes the last thing that we come to for rest. Jesus becomes the last thing that we come to for security. Jesus becomes the last thing that we come to for joy. Culture says, hey, you need to come to drugs and alcohol for rest. 
Culture says, hey, you need to have more sex with more people because that's what's going to give you fulfillment. Culture says that you need to make money because any time that you're not making money, then you're wasting your time. But Jesus, he just says, come to me. Come to me because I just want you. He's the one who gives us rest. But the only way that we could do this is if we actually make some time for him. Are we making time for him or are we just trying to fit him in our schedules? Are we just trying to fit him in the little moments? Are we just trying to say, hey, maybe I'll give you some of my last moments before going to sleep when we're falling asleep? Or maybe I'll just try, are we giving him, are we scheduling time because the most important things in our life we're gonna make time for every single time. I just wanna be like Mary. Mary didn't let the culture determine how she was going to worship, what she was going to worship. The culture didn't determine what she was going to do or what was going to be her priority. She just said, hey, I'm going to sit at your feet if I have to. I'm going to do what seems right. But Martha, she sees Mary and says, hey, she's left me here doing, an, uh, doing everything while I'm, I'm, doing, I'm having to do everything. I'm having to do all the preparations. Jesus, can't you see that you left her to be able to do nothing? Because I think a lot of us can find ourselves here where our busyness is creating bitterness. Our busyness can lead to bitterness. In verse 40, we read this. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Like she's out here commanding Jesus. She's out here telling Jesus what he's supposed to do. Like some people are passive aggressive, but Martha, she's being aggressive aggressive. She's saying, hey, I need you to do it. Like Jesus, you need to tell her something. The reality is of their doing of something just looked different. I want you to get this straight. Mary was not lazy. Mary is, Martha even said herself that Mary left me to do that. That means that Mary, she was helping Martha. She was doing preparations, but she saw that in this moment, there's something that's more important. In this moment, I don't have to do this. I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. I don't have to worry about preparations. In this moment, the most important thing that I could do is just sit at the feet of Jesus and just worship him and listen to what he has to say. But Martha, she couldn't understand that. And Jesus, he responds with love and just says, Martha, Martha. Like, you know, Jesus just says your name twice then it's, it's something serious. She says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Has your busyness caused bitterness? Has it, has it caused you to be anxious? Jesus here, he said, you're worried and upset about many things. Has your going and your doing and your busyness just caused you to be stressed? Has it caused you to be worried about everything? Has it caused you to have some panic attacks? Has it caused you to think about the future only and you're just trying to make things better and you're worried about everything and anything because all you're doing is moving? Jesus said you're worried about many things and you're upset about many things. Coffee Church, I just want to let you know it's okay to be busy, but take the time to sit sometimes. It's okay to be busy, but take the time to sit because I know life gets busy. I know life gets crazy. I know life gets to a point sometimes where it's like, hey, I can't stop doing this. I, I, if, if I stop right now, it's just only going to get worse. There are some times where I'm getting home at 11, 12, on two or three times out of the week, and my wife, I feel bad because she has to wait for me. But there are times that just get busy. I understand that. But sometimes you just got to take a seat. You know what's the best thing that you could do? And could you go ahead and bring up that chair for a moment? You know what's the best thing that you could do sometimes? Thank you, bro. Right here. 
sometimes this is the best place that you can be. Why? Because I believe when we're sitting, it's a breeding ground for conversation. If I'm going to try to take my wife on a date because I just want to facilitate some conversation, I'm not going to take her to a place as loud. I'm not going to take her to a place where we're moving all the time. I'm going to take her to a dinner where we could sit, look in each other's eyes, take some time. It's when I'm sitting that I'm stationary. It's when I'm sitting that I can take a breath. It's when I'm sitting that I can pause. It's when I'm sitting that a professional athlete who's been playing 48 minutes in a game will sit and drink some water. It's when we're sitting that we can say, hey, I can't do this all by myself. I can't keep working. I can't try to keep doing everything on my own. I can't keep trying to do everything on my own strength, but it's when I'm sitting that I can say, God, you are in control. You are in control of the things that I can't see. You're in control of the things that I can't know. You're in control of the things that are beneath me, that are above me, that are far from me. But you can only do that if you're sitting. It's when you're sitting that it could be a reminder that Jesus made you a priority when he was on the cross that he made me a priority when he was on the cross. How could we not want to make him our priority when he made us his priority first? He loved us before we could ever love him. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of going through life saying, God, can't you see I'm busy? I'm tired of going through life saying, God, maybe I'll make some time for you today. Have the distractions been giving you distance? Have the distractions been taking you away from Jesus? Have you been just saying, God, can't you see I'm busy for too long? It's not too late to change that today. It's not too late to change the trajectory of your life today. Like I think about, man, what if we hired a babysitter, not for an event, not because we have to work, not because we have to go to some social gathering, but because, hey, once a week, I'm going to hire a babysitter just because I want to spend some alone time with Jesus that I never get to do. What if Jesus got some of the first moments of our morning? What if Jesus at our lunchtime, we just read our Bible while we were eating some lunch? What if before going to sleep, we just said, hey, Jesus, I'm just going to get down on my knees for a moment, and I'm just going to praise you, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to just speak to you for a moment. Like, what if we just said, hey, turn off the news for a moment. Put our phone on airplane mode if we have to. Forget the distractions. Forget everything. Forget everything that might be going wrong and say, Jesus, I just want to sit at your feet. Jesus, I just want to give you my time. Jesus, I'm sorry that I've been saying I'm, that I'm busy. Jesus, I'm sorry that I've been making you my last resort. Jesus, I'm sorry that I've put everything and anything before you. Calvary Church, I don't know about you guys, but I just want to come back to Jesus. Hey, if you guys believe this with me, can you stand up to your feet for a moment? Hey, I believe Jesus is here. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. I believe that his presence is here. And what I'm gonna ask everybody to do is if we could just all lift up our hands for a moment. Actually, I'm going to ask you guys to do something different. We always lift up our hands. I want you guys to actually put your hands in a, in a spot of receiving. I remember when I was teaching my little brother how to play catch when he was younger, he would put his arms out wide, right? And obviously, he's never going to be able to catch a football like that. So you have to teach him, hey, this is how you put your hands. Put your hands like this. You toss on the ball. Oh, my gosh, I caught one. Now, I just want everybody to just put out their hands in receiving position for a moment. Why? 
because I believe a lot of us have just let distractions in our life take us away from him. I believe a lot of us have just allowed everything in our world, the great things, the bad things, everything, the girls, the guys, the job, the money, everything, the business, everything in your life has just taken priority. And he's just saying, hey, I just want you. I just want you to come back to me. And so what we're doing here, we're just gonna receive God's love in this place. Like we're just gonna receive his grace. We're just gonna receive that thing like, hey, I just wanna come back to you. Lord, we thank you for every single person in this place. We thank you for everybody who's watching online, God. Lord, I'm sorry that we've been busy. I'm sorry that we've put you last. I'm sorry that we've put you in the middle of our... God, we want you to be first again in our life. Jesus, we want you to be the priority in our life. God, there have been so many things that have just been trying to distract us, trying to take us away from you, Jesus. And you're just still saying, hey, even as far as you might seem, I am just one step away from you. I am closer than you know. God, I pray for every single person that we could just not make this a Sunday message. This is more than just a Sunday message. This is a lifestyle. This is a Monday thing. This is a Tuesday thing. This is a Wednesday thing. This is a Thursday thing. This is a Friday thing. This is a Saturday thing. This is an everyday thing. We can't just leave here on a Sunday and go back the same way that we were going. But I pray that transformation happens in our hearts. Transformation happens in our church. Transformation happens in our mind. That we can just put all of our faith, all of our hope, all of our trust in you. That even when it seems not right, that we can know that you still love us. And that we can make you our priority in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to give somebody an opportunity. You're hearing about me talk a lot about Jesus and this Savior and the one who died for you. If you don't know Jesus in this place, I want to tell you that you are missing out on the greatest thing that you could ever miss out on. Jesus, he loves you so much. Like he loves you. He knows your worst moments. He knows everything that you've done wrong. He knows every wrong thought. He knows everything you've done, said, did everything. And he still says, oh, I love you. Cares for you. Even when you were at your worst moments, I still love you. Even at your best moments, I still love you. And Jesus is saying, hey, you might feel like you don't know me. You might feel far away from me. You might feel like I'm not here, but I've always been closer than you know. Jesus, he loves you so much that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. What is sin? It just means to miss the mark. Every single one of us, we've all done wrong, said wrong, did wrong. We've all messed up. Like we've all done something wrong. The Bible says that that, that penalty for that is death. Like that's what we deserve. Every single one of us, we deserve death. But Jesus says, hey, that price, I don't want you to have to pay that yourself. I'm gonna go ahead and pay that for you. And all you gotta do is just believe that I'm the savior of the world. All you have to do is just believe that I made that sacrifice for you. And if you're saying, hey, that's me, I've, I've never made this decision. Jesus, he didn't just die on that cross. He didn't just stay there, but he resurrected three days later and is alive today and he wants to know you. So if you're here and you're saying, hey, that's me, that's me. I want to get to know this God that you're talking about. I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. I want to know the Savior of the world. Why? Because after here, tomorrow is promised for no man. But we know that in, our, in Jesus, we have eternal life. We have salvation. And there is nothing but amazingness and greatness beyond this earth. And you're saying, hey, that's me. I want to know where I'm going after here. I want to be saved. I don't want to be living this life feeling like I'm by myself or alone. I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hands. Again, nobody else is looking. Nobody is paying attention. Nobody has their eyes closed. If that's you and you're saying, hey, I want to make this decision to follow Jesus, you want a brand new start, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, 
God bless you in the back. Amen. God bless you over here. God bless you over here. God bless you over here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you on the right side over here. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just made that decision, first of all, I just want to let you know you just made the greatest decision of your entire life. From this moment on, you are no longer walking alone. You are no longer just living life alone, but you have the Savior of the world behind you, and you have you are literally living for greatness from here on. Doesn't mean life is going to be easy. Doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. But what you can know is that the living God is with you every single day. And if you made that decision, I'm just gonna lead you through a prayer. The Bible says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So all we're gonna do here is say, hey, I'm gonna say this with my mouth and I'm gonna believe this with everything that I got that I'm saved. And so if that's you, I want you to say this louder than everybody else, but everybody else is gonna join you in the process. If we say, dear Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior to be my God. Jesus, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I love you and I trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, all Calvary Church, can we make some noise for anybody who made that decision today? Hey, if you made that decision today, again, it is the greatest decision you will ever make. But I believe the second best decision you can make is to get a free Bible today. Why? Because I really believe that Jesus, this is the living word. It is alive today. It is the mouth of God, and he wants to speak to you. You, We're not going to ask you anything. We might just get your name and your phone number, maybe an email, just so we can let you know, hey, we want to get in contact with you. But we want you to get this. It is free 99. You don't have to pay anything. We just want to give you a resource and let you know that Calvary Church, we are here for you any moment. Come on. Can we make some more noise one more time for everybody who made that decision? Hey, I really hope that this blesses you, and I really hope that it impacts, again, not just your Sunday, but your Sunday through Saturday. And so, hey, I'm going to go ahead and pray for you guys before we go. Let's go ahead and leave here celebrating. But thank you, Jesus. We thank you that we get to worship you. We thank you that we get to lift you up, God. I'm asking that you may change our week, that you may impact our week, God, and that we may give you all praise, all honor, and all glory, God. We believe that you're going to do what only you can do. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on. All Calvary Church says, amen. Let's go and worship and sing this out. Come on.